My name is Milian Mori and welcome to our podcast, Warrior Family. We are a family of successful entrepreneurs, visioners, hustlers, and leaders. We are compassionate, loving, fearless, and determined. We fight for love, profits, and a better world. And this podcast was made for future leaders, entrepreneurs, world changers, and families all over the world. We gained our wealth by running one of the best network marketing companies in Europe and successfully coaching and speaking empire. Our stories, tips will show you that everything is possible. And this podcast includes all the best sales, marketing, relationship, personal growth, and health advice you can get and interviews with the most successful people in the world. Our motto is, my business is not my family. My family is my business. And we are here to show you how to have it all. The ripple effect. Your thoughts are living things. They are highly dynamic energy. They are a vibratory force. Every time you have a specific thought, you emit that specific vibratory quality. You can look at the effects of your thoughts as waves. When you throw a stone into a pond, you will get a ripple effect. One self-defeating thought by itself is not always cause for alarm. One stone will create ripples that affect the surface of the water all the way to the banks of the pond. But once that thought, that thought is done, the effects may not be significant. However, if you were to throw the same stone into the same spot in the pond over and over, you would create bigger and more powerful waves. When those waves impact the banks, let's call the banks your circumstances, you can see that the effects will be much greater. You agree? The whole pond takes on a rhythm or a vibratory resonance that is in alignment with your dominant thoughts. What makes then some thoughts more powerful than others? What? The answer is emotions. The creative power of any thought is intensely magnified by the amount of energy you put into it. Both the frequency of the repetition as well as the strength of the emotions that accompany the thought. Keep in mind you are not nearly as helpless or insignificant as you believe yourself to be. You are a part of as well as the product of the one universal mind. You are a drop in the vast infinity ocean of consciousness. But in an ocean with no shores, no surface and no bottom, you cannot be separate than the ocean. You cannot be less than the ocean. You cannot be less powerful. You cannot be less creative. You cannot be less intelligent than the one mind because you are the one mind. Imagine your thoughts as being like a radio waves. If your vibration, your dominant thoughts are dialed into 88.7, but the kind of life you desire to have is set at 101.3, then you can see that unless you are vibrationally aligned with the right frequency, you cannot possibly attract those circumstances. You simply are not a match for the right station. And so according to the law of attraction, you can make all the physical changes in your life that you want, changing jobs, moving, even reinventing yourself. But, uh, but unless your dominant thoughts become aligned with the frequency you wish to attract, you are just going to keep recreating the same circumstances in a different location. <laughs> you cannot escape. escape. Just keep in mind always. My thoughts are things. My word is my command. 
it doesn't do much good to have good thoughts and good feelings once or twice a day if the rest of your day is going to be spent in a habitual state of negative dominating thoughts. Negative and positive cancel each other out. So you need to swing the pendulum in your favor and think more positive, pleasing thoughts than you do negative, unwanted thoughts. The cause of your circumstances is always your thoughts. So you can be assured that if your circumstances are not to your liking, it is because you have had your frequency set to the wrong station. So are you aware of the station you are tuned into? Most of us are not. Again, simply because most people believe that their thoughts are the effect of their circumstances, when in reality, it is the other way around. So how to get control of your thoughts? First is awareness. Notice your negative thoughts and add a positive but statement to them in order to neutralize them. You can also use the famous cancel, cancel or delete, delete technique developed by the Silva method whenever you feel yourself sliding down the slippery slope of becoming involved with a negative thought. Firmly say cancel, cancel and replace the negative with a positive. Second thing you can do is do not obsess about how many negative thoughts you have. You are allowed to have them, okay? After all, you are processing the world and you are meant to have a wide range of experiences. Go ahead and have a negative thought, but do not dwell on it, please. And acknowledge it and let it pass. As you practice becoming non-attached to your negative thoughts, in other words, you let them pass without becoming involved with them, you will find that they will gradually dissipate and it will be easier and easier and easier to regain a happy frame of mind. So what, what is the third thing you can do? Value your negative thoughts. They are important guideposts in that they make you acutely aware of your beliefs. Use them as lessons in how to think better so that you can attract better circumstances. Fourth, take note of your feelings, which are often much easier to spot than thoughts. Anytime you have a negative feeling, make sure to identify the thought that caused it. Then allow the emotions to ride itself out. It will be about 90 seconds for the electrochemical reaction of an emotion to course through your system. For that 90 seconds, focus on the feeling itself. This is how anger feels in my body. Or these are the sensations I get in my body when I feel sadness. Mm -hmm, interesting. And it will pass. At that point, you regain your emotional equilibrium without having gotten sucked into the negative thoughts. If you get control of your dominant thought patterns, the, the random thoughts will fall into line as well. You will have less and less negative thoughts and you will be turning, turning the radio dial in the direction of the station you want. I assure you. The power of intention. Intention is another way of directing your thoughts in the way you want to give power to that field of potential until it manifests as your physical reality. You can think of your directed thoughts or intention as prayers. 
Essentially, a prayer is a command to the source energy. This name is so varied, so choose the one that resonates with you. Is it God, source, creator, universe, consciousness, or greater intelligence, or whatever? There is an effective way to pray, and an ineffective way. And many people pray ineffectively. And then when nothing happens, they lose faith in the process. So here is an example. Let's say you are praying for the end of your financial suffering or struggle. You are tired of scrapping by, tired of debt collection calls, blah, blah, blah. Tired of wondering how you are going to make, uh, to make it to the end of the month. And so you start to pray, God, please save me from poverty. Please shower me with abundance and wealth so that I may rise above this situation. That's the ineffective way to pray. Why? Because it's completely focused on the problem you're trying to get away from. This is a common problem. Usually an individual focus is on what you want to get away from more than on what you truly want. Your mind doesn't think in words. All words are translated into images and feelings. Okay? So when you say you want to get away from poverty, your mind instantly creates an image and an associated feeling of you in poverty. So that becomes the command to the universe, to God's source, simply because your focus is on poverty. Yes, you allowed up that statement with please shower me with abundance and wealth. But again, your focus in all is on what is, which is poverty or lack of abundance and wealth. In this way, People self-sabotage all of the power that prayer has. So the effective way would be visualizing and giving thanks for the abundance and wealth around you, a wholeheartedly thanksgiving for the blessing that already exists in your mind and are awaiting, awaiting to be brought into your physical reality. It is really that simple. It is simple. Yes, it is simple. Easy? No way. It's not easy. Both prayers wish for the same thing, but only one will effectively, effectively give you what you are asking for. Persevere in retraining yourself to focus only on what you want, not on what you don't want. Keep your thoughts favorable and proactive. Thinking about the problem is reactive. You have a problem and you are struggling to solve it. Thinking about the ideal situation is creative. You have an ideal situation. No need to focus on the problem as it will very often sort itself out by giving what you want, your energy. Your emotions and actions will naturally follow your dominant thoughts. And that is how your thoughts become a manifesting power. Use your thoughts as constant reminders of what you want. Think about the feelings you will have when your ideal situation manifests from the realm of the non-physical imagination to the realm of the physical. For example, I feel so free having all the money I could possibly want. I feel so free having all the money I could possibly want. Or I love the feeling of being wealthy. You already know that your thoughts are powerful. Repeat this thought to yourself. My thoughts 
are orders. My word is a command. My thoughts are orders. My word is a command. So let's see what are practical ways to use the power of your thoughts. Practical ways to use the power of your thoughts to create the life you desire. Have you ever told a self-story something like, I am useless before my first cup of coffee? What are the feelings that this thought brings up? I'm useless before my first cup of coffee. Makes you feel tired, weak, helpless, dysfunctional, or even useless, or dull, or heavy. As a consequence, how do you think your day will go without your coffee? Not so great, is it? Your mind is focused on I'm useless. You have just disempowered yourself. You have given away your personal power to a cup of a liquid. Now, what would it be like if you were to tell this self-story? Like, I feel energized in the morning. Do you feel weak and useless? Of course not. Just by commanding it to be so. Your energy increases and you feel empowered. I am, watch out, I am is the single most powerful manifesting phrase you can ever make. Often, often people make the mistake of using I am in a reactive way, not realizing that is a creative. For example, if you wake up one day and you have a sore throat and feel unwell, you might say I am sick thinking that you are just stating the facts. However, you are not going to have that thought just once. Every time you notice that you feel unwell, you will reinforce the statement, I am sick. You have just given that thought more energy, more importance and more weight, and so it is becoming a self-fulfilling prophecy. I am is a creative statement. It is not just a statement of, of what it is. It is a statement of what will be. Even when you think you are just stating the obvious, like being reactive, you unconsciously helped create the current situation by saying I am. You were being very, very creative. If you didn't say I am sick when you first had an unwell feeling, but instead recognizing the power of your thoughts and said, I feel strong and healthy, your body would literally pick up on that energy. The result would be that you would intensify your immune response and aid, either, either fight the virus probably of entire or make it significantly less severe. I am is a cause, not a confirmation. Okay, so here are some other examples of how your thoughts shape the circumstances in your life. I am sick and tired of my commute. So what happened? You become easily frustrated, irritable, stressed and prone to illness because of the negative effects of stress on your body. Or what happened if you say, I am fat and I can't lose weight. Your mental image is of yourself overweight and since that's a dominant image in your mind, you unconsciously take action, take actions to guarantee that result. Okay, watch out. Or you say, I am a competent nurse. This is a good self story, by the way. <laughs> 
or I'm good at playing the guitar. Mm, another good self story. Or I'm odd. Here, here, the mistake is embodying a psychological condition. If you do this, you disempower yourself to do anything about it. So let's see another example. I am an exercise freak. Sounds pretty good, but be aware of the freak because it may have negative connotations to you, even subconsciously. Are you meaning to say that you are somehow different, not in a good way, but because you exercise? I don't know. Or I'm sad because he left me. I'm sad because he left me. This statement is a reflection of what is. But again, by embodying sadness, I am sad. You disempower yourself and you will find it hard to put your life back together after a breakup. So watch out. Or I am no good at remembering anything. <laughs> This is an incredibly hypnotic, disempowering statement. Avoid using this at all costs, please. Or say, I am a victim of abuse. While this may sound like a statement or of fact, it is again very disempowering. I am a victim means you are consciously making the decision to give away your personal power to feel a certain way. Even if you did suffer from abuse, you keep perpetuating the vi that violation by affirming your victimhood. So keep in mind that there is no distinction between the body and the mind. Whatever statements you make, you literally embody them. They become part of your personal energetic makeup, which affects you at the DNA level. You take on these statements as if they were you, as if you were your emotions, traits, experience, addictions, behaviors, and so on. They are not you, really. How can you be an addiction? How can you be a behavior? Feelings and behaviors are experiences you are having. They are not you. You are not a physical condition, like sick and tired. You are a human being. You are not a mood. You are not a trait. You may be suffering from these conditions, but you are not these conditions. Do you see the difference and the importance of never saying I am with regard to something you do not wish to embody? When you embody something, it becomes an integra integral part of your story. I if you are struggling anywhere in your life, you can be sure that this is and it is because you have been embodying negative thoughts about yourself. Whether you say I am to something positive, empowering and helpful or negative, disempowering and self-defeating, either way you are right. You are where you are because you have put yourself there. You are where you are because you have put yourself there. Okay, let me tell this way. I am where I am because I have put myself where I am now. Okay? feels better. <laughs> That might be an overwhelming concept, but it really boils down to a series of choices you have made over the course of your life. And that reinforces your self-story. So how to silence your inner critic? Your inner critic is the voice that says, I can't, or I'm not sure that will work out. It is the pessimistic voice that uses logic and reasoning to explain why something new should not be attempted. 
guided by the inner critic, you can talk yourself into practically anything. Your thoughts are closely monitored by your inner critic, your subconscious mind. These subconscious thoughts make up about 95% of your thought processes. So you can imagine just how powerful their influences is and why it's difficult to get that crucial 5% of original conscious thought past the inner critic. How can you silence the inner critic and move beyond the self-defeating thoughts that arise from the subconscious mind? First, what you can do is identify the reason. The thoughts that arise from the subconscious are not anything new or original. They are all based on the past. You can ask your, your, your subconscious inner critic, what are you protecting me from making this so uncomfortable? Why do you feel so strongly that I cannot do th this or things? Or often, when you have conversations like this with yourself, you know, you have them many times, you will in uncover self-limiting beliefs that were useful in your childhood maybe, but have no bearing on today. Simply acknowledge that belief and take action anyway. Acknowledge the belief and take action anyway. So what is the second thing you can do? Reinforce a new self-story. Start talking in a positive and empowering way. Remember to put a positive but statement after all negative statements and do not put a negative but statement after any positive statement. Okay? Do you want to become extremely confident in a short period of time? Download my free ebook Warrior Mindset at www.warriorfamily.com and learn the best mental hacks and strategies to build your confidence. So what is the third thing you can do? The third thing you can do, let me see, is use positive affirmations, but focus on the feelings rather than on I am statements that will automatically give the inner critic a reason to argue. Pretend your limiting thoughts are fiction. What you believe about yourself and your world determines how you think and act. Beliefs are just repeated thoughts that you have come to accept as a truth. The problem is that you believe in fictional stories. <laughs> yes, they are totally fiction. Your thoughts about the past are all interpretations that you choose based on your background. If your background were different, your interpretations would be different too. What if you believed that your thoughts about your past and about the future are all fiction? Or maybe even science fiction. When you think about your past, you don't think only about the facts of what happened. You think about your experience. So what is experience? It is a combination of raw data, what happened, and your interpretation of what happened. You interpreted what happened, and that interpretation was both based on and a contributing factor to your beliefs and your thoughts. The meaning of what happened in the past is fiction. It may feel very real to you, but what if you interpreted the same event differently? For example, Let's say someone said something unkind about you behind your back and you heard about it through a mutual friend. 
you have this experience already what you could do you could interpret this in so many ways okay you could choose to interpret it as a this person is totally wrong he is a real jerk and he doesn't know what he's talking about resulting in an anger and then resentment and your own unkind thoughts about this person it's one way or you could interpret it as i wish he would have bothered to ask me about my point of view resulting in a feeling of being victimized by someone who didn't value your opinion enough to ask for it or you could interpret it as wow he was having a bad day what he said is a reflection on him not on me it is his problem not mine problem resulting in you walking away from the situation feeling good about yourself which one of these interpretation is right they all are the point is your thoughts about the situation created your experience that means you made up the story of what happened if you made it up you can make up a different story exercise okay no not like this but exercise go back to some situation that is haunting you just won't leave your mind okay reinterpret the situation from another point of view do it please once you reinterpret a past situation from a more positive point of view you change your thoughts and beliefs about it and that changes everything having to do with the past situation it becomes a part of your history that you can leave behind easily use the power of the word but whether you speak a thought out loud or whether it remains an unspoken thought the moment you have a thought it becomes alive with possibility most of us make a serious mistake when we think or speak we often follow a positive statement with a but <laughs> for example i tried my best but i didn't make a single sale this week or i worked out really hard but i couldn't make my deadline <laughs> you, i you remember this word but huh the positive is completely negated by the negative and worse you end the thought by being focused on the negative okay don't do this to transcend habitual negativity and get control of your thoughts try the following techniques first technique is whenever you are stating the facts make sure you put a positive spin on things leave the statement as a positive do not add a negative but statement for example i tried my best or i worked really hard even if the results were not what you wanted keep the thought vibration positive okay follow every negative is another rule follow every negative statement with a but statement <laughs> for example i didn't make a single sale this week but i'm working on my marketing strategy or i couldn't make the deadline but i was able to convince my client that i value quality over speed 
Ending on a positive note keeps your mind focused on what you want. It is a proactive approach that will yield significantly better results than keeping your thoughts focused on the negative. Becoming more positive in your thought habits is possible with awareness and discipline. Always keep in mind that your thoughts are things. Your thoughts are things. Words are really nothing but amplified thoughts. Invoke the power of gratitude. If you express gratitude, you cannot feel or be negative. Anger, depression, judgment, blame, guilt or resentment cannot coexist with gratitude. However, happiness, peace, love, compassion, joy do coexist with gratitude. A daily gratitude practice will train you to seek and express the positives in life. You can create a positive habit just as easily as you created a negative habit. Give thanks every morning as you wake up, every night as you go to bed, and especially whenever you find yourself in a difficult situation. Dig deep into why a difficult situation is really a blessing in disgrace. Acknowledge the ways it has enriched your life. So what is the third thing you can do? Do a negative thought cleanse for 30 days. <laughs> negative thought cleanse for 30 days. Avoiding, judging, blaming, criticizing, gossiping, pointing out the negative, wallowing in negative feelings, complaining, using but after a positive statement, using always or never, these absolutes really, rarely apply, or thinking or speaking anything that you would not like directed at yourself. So watch out. Cleans. This is the negative cleansing diet. <laughs> okay? The fourth thing you can do is give your command to the universe with every thought you think and every word you say. This is the essence of what it means to be careful what you wish for. Place your order for the best life you can imagine. And the uh, fifth thing is if you make a conscious effort to infuse your life with the following positive thoughts, your life will improve dramatically. Like cheerful, wow, cheerful, joy, exuberant, enthusiastic, yes, can, grateful, or happy, or power, or peace, or potential or adventure, vibration, good, calm, or purpose, or strong, or love. Add any other positive words you like and use them often, okay? So six, talk about what you want, not about your troubles and worries, okay? This will be a hard part, I think. You know that when you are around people who constantly talk about their woes and they drag you down? Do you, do you know this? Be one of those people who talk about goals, dreams and great ideas. Be inspirational to yourself and others. Talk about what you want instead of bemoaning what is. When you talk about your troubles, you only emphasize your problems and therefore you create more of them. Whatever you focus on, you will attract. Whatever you focus on, you will attract. Memorize the natural laws. Use only the words you want to see manifested in your physical reality. 
You might not believe that your thoughts are this potent, but they are simply because of the natural laws. Mental stillness and the beginning of self-mastery. Back to the pound analogy, you know, the ripple effect, okay? When your thought stones ripple across the pond, what you notice are the surface ripples. But there is an equal resonance going below the surface, okay? The ripples on the surface are the conscious thoughts that we notice. But like the proverbial tip of the iceberg, the real effect is happening below the surface. Again, if you have one random negative thought, not much will happen to the pond. It is only the repetition that will actually bring the entire pond into resonance with your thoughts. Once the entire pond is resonating with a thought, the physical manifestation will occur. If you are resonating with undesirable thoughts, use meditation to quiet the pond. But on the surface and below the surface, so you can introduce the right thoughts. It might not seem possible to stop the incessant mental chatter going on in your mind all day long, but it is possible and actually it is easier than you might imagine right now. When you can silence your mind at will, you become that much closer to unleashing your immense, truly immense creative power. Have you ever thought about why your mind chatters on and on and on and goes on and on long days? It is your human noise, a constant replay of the more important things going on in your life. For most people, the chatter centers on their worries, you know, not on their solutions or dreams or goals. If you were to take the time to listen to your mental chatter and not become involved in it, oh, this takes practice. You would notice, what you would notice? You would notice that there are typically four to seven main topics that run on an infinity loop in your mind over and over again all day long. Much of this negative due to the f is due to the fact that your brain is simply trying to solve a problem you're having. But it is trying to do so using the same thought patterns that created the problem in the first place. So this is the problem. You are about to learn a simple technique that does not require monk-like concentration and meditation to stop the mental noise or chatter. If the first few tries, or in the first few tries, or if the first few tries are not as successful, you will experience only a few moments of silence. And that is a wonderful start. Trust me. With practice, you will enjoy minutes and eventually hours of absolute, in, indescribably peaceful stillness. In the beginning, you are focused on teaching your mind that it's okay to be quiet. The technique is highly effective in meditation, where you can practice it over and over again, but it is a wonderful way to make yourself stop obsessing or worrying. Begin by closing your eyes and bringing your attention to your breath. Allow your mind to freely ramble on however it wants to. <laughs> Whether it wants to bounce from the topic to topic or obsess about one big worry, doesn't matter. When you feel ready, instantly stop the mental chatter by asking yourself, What do you want to talk about now? And just listen. The first time you do this, it feels odd to not see any mental images, to hear thoughts. 
It is not uncommon to feel a physical sensation in your head, almost like a muscle con contraction, but do not worry if you feel nothing at the beginning. Just enjoy the silence. Because you, you gave your mind a very non-specific command. You didn't give it a topic. It didn't know what to talk about, and that is the reason for the sudden silence. So what do you want to talk about right now? <laughs> when your mind reboots and starts chattering again, the topic may be completely random. It is rather like that awkward pause in the middle of conversation and a cocktail party where the conversation has run dry and somebody introduces a completely random topic just to get the conversation going and going. So, so the mind will resume its normal chatter. The beauty of this is that you can repeat this command and experience absolute silence anytime using the same technique. Okay? So, what should you do during the silence? Nothing! This is just the first step in getting control over your mind. After some practice, you will get used to these mental breaks, so soon you will learn how to shift to that peaceful silent state without a verbal prompt, okay? Practicing silent mind meditation will give you an appreciation for the stillness and the peace, serenity, inspiration and clarity that result. So what do you want to talk about now? As you have seen in this chapter, in this video training, in, uh, in the last couple of minutes, you have much more power to create your life than you previously thought. Bring your entire being into resonance with the right tuning fork, positive loving energy, and you will experience a very dramatic upswing in your circumstances. So now we know how important your thoughts are. Now that you know how powerful your thoughts are and know how to use them through the laws of nature, you can truly influence your life in a positive manner. Keep in mind that you have the power to change your thoughts to better represent the world you want to see and the life experience you want to experience. I see you in next chapter. Resources from this interview are available online. Visit www.warriorfamily.com and download the free book Lessons from Millionaires with all the resources mentioned in the interview. If you want to be a warrior who has it all, visit www.warriorfamily.com and download my ebooks for free. Learn all about warrior productivity, habits, mindset, marketing and sales strategies confidence boosters and many other things. I promise that you won't be disappointed. More valuable content is waiting for you on my social media profiles. Instagram, Smillion Mori, YouTube and Facebook, Smillion Mori, Warrior Family, Twitter, Smillion Mori, and LinkedIn, Smillion Mori.